Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff. And me, Tom Weird. It is the 22nd of September 2016 and we have a very special guest today, Derek Jackson, also known as Deke of the fucking news. Good to see you. Good How to see are you, you, Anthony. Good to see you, Tom. I'm well, thanks. So this is actually the second time we yeah. had you on the show. Unfortunately, last time the audio didn't carry. Because so we're a couple of bungling amateurs. Luckily for us, it just means that we get more of your astonishing company. It also means there's no evidence of us plotting that bomb attack on yeah. the world leaders. <laughs> cut it, cut it. <laughs> You've had a, basically a satirical news channel for... Um, seven, eight years? It was ten years this year. Wow, ten years ago you started that. So uh, tell us how you got to begin doing the fucking news. Uh, spitting my teeth out watching the normal news right. is uh, pretty much how it started that. And making video is, if you like, what I was doing for a living. I, I did film and video at college. I had the equipment. And I had been making, uh, back in the day, I used to make a video-based pirate television show called XTV. Right. I used to basically blag my way in to see bands because I had a video camera. Okay. And I would say to them, I make pirate television on video. And if you want to be on it, I can come in and film the band and you'll be on the next edition. And I used to sell advertising to record shops and clubs and anybody who wanted to do that. Right. And then when DVD came along, I did that on DVD. And so when the internet came along, I thought, yeah, I'm going to do some more of this program making. Mm. But I guess I settled on the news because it's episodic and because I have an awful lot to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> so the material, yeah. the material was easy to come by and the format is easy to recreate. And uh, I guess I felt that people would like an alternative news. That was 10 years yeah. ago. Now, to be honest, there's too much alternative news, in my view. There's so much alternative news. Uh, <laughs> it's not even alternative anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, with the news, what the news is one of the things that made me get rid of my fucking television set years ago. I got so pissed off at the news being shite. <laughs> uh, and... I mean, I, I guess I'm a traditional guy. I like my news to be, I do like my news to be read to be by a middle-class, middle-aged man in a suit. You know, Kenneth Kendall, Richard Baker. These were the guys I grew up with. You know, guys with gravitas. I'll even put up with a kind of elderly matriarchal type. But when they started to do that couple thing on the news where fucking, for some bizarre reason, uh, it needed two people to read me the same news story. And the other one's nodding while the other yeah, one talks. Yeah, yeah, it's like a full, uh, cu- full couple thing. Me of like someone's show. I'm not really mm, sure. Yeah, okay. One, one, one agrees along with the other one, and they kind of, kind of have a couple thing going on. Sometimes they have a guest. They can't, yeah, can't there are a couple of twats. I don't know the guys you're talking about. But anyway, the, 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 the point I was going to make here is that I found that. No matter whether you looked at Channel 4's news or Channel 5's news or ITV or BBC, it all seemed to follow the same format and the same stories led on all the news and it was basically the same coverage, you know, and they were all going to the same source for their for their, their tripe. Really. Yeah. So, they, uh, they do just repeat what has been announced. Yeah. They're not actually journalists, in my view. No, Journalism is finding stuff out. Yeah, uh, they they're just um, uh, to quote David Icke, they're just repeaters. It's like hearing an echo of the government. In right. fact, it's worse than that. It's like having the government blaring it into your face out of every media outlet. This yeah. is the way it is. Yeah. 
And one of the things that I really liked about your channel when I came across it, must have been about eight years ago, um, was your take on the news was always just really interesting and diverse. I'd never felt like you fell into any one kind of ideology. You assimilated from culture, from conspiracy theories, from the left, from the liberty kind of movement that was around around the time of Ron Paul you assimilate you assimilated that all but you never really fell into one camp you seem to be able to take the piss out of the, the world from several different angles so can you maybe tell me a bit about how your worldview was formed and well I think I, I I don't do the left right paradigm and I I don't want either of them because I am at heart an acid casualty hippie right? in that I feel the world should be full of tree-hugging uh, spiritual beings of light. Right. That That is what I think would be the ideal sort right. of outcome of our evolution. We decided not to do any of that shit and we're all going to sit around emanating good energy. That right. is, if you like, at the core of my being. So I feel that anything that isn't that <laughs> that's a waste of time. What yeah. we're do you see what we're doing wrong is we're not taking enough acid. We're not hugging hugging enough trees. <laughs> uh, so when I'm formulating of what what do I think of what is going on in the world? Well, it's it's awful. It is absolutely awful. This is a living nightmare for me okay. as a tr acid casualty tree hugging spiritual being of light to live in amongst all of this horror, murder, violence, dishonesty and waste of potential, it's a nightmare. And I don't want that to be a bummer for me or the people around me, so I've turned it into a, a comedy vehicle, because you know you've got to laugh. And at, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, well, fuck it, you know, cosmically it's all, uh, I, I'm a sort of existential nihilist that I don't think actually anything really matters. Right. In the grand scheme of things, you know what I mean? Our lives, Time are, goes on, our lives are instant and uh, over pretty quick. So enjoy it while you can. And uh, try and, you know, if, if I was, uh, like I say about putting out good energy, I think, well, I think the best energy I can put out is to try and get some laughs right. out of what's going down. You know, to try and... Uh, point out that this is absurd yeah. and awful, but hey, you know what? Look at that isn't it funny? Yeah, how awful it is. Yeah, let's have a listen to some of Derek's stuff. Hello, hapless livestock of the few wealthy families who own the entire fucking planet. Welcome to the fucking news. I'm just getting started. Here are the headlines tonight. Celebrations are continuing all over the planet today as further details emerge of the world's largest and most incredible mass suicide in history. Yesterday at the annual United Nations General Assembly, every leader of every nation present and represented shot themselves in the head after making short confessional speeches. The revelations in their final words are shocking and profoundly disturbing, outlining how nations exist only to divide and manipulate humanity whilst they few wealthy families farm us like animals to suit their needs and slaughter us like cattle for entertainment. Here's our special report. The scene inside this building is one of utter carnage. The floor of the United Nations General Assembly is littered with the bodies of over 200 world leaders. One by one they stepped up to the podium, presidents, 
prime ministers, kings, queens, princes, the odd chairman, a few religious kooks, and two self-harming goths from the public gallery who joined in just for the hell of it. One by one, they confessed to a litany of deceit, self-serving debauchery, debased sexual practice, violence, murder, genocide, and stealing things from the stationery cupboard. Then, in solemn silence, they blew their brains out. It brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it. Before killing himself, President Obama didn't say, I am not even American. I was the only nigger Rothschild could hire with a chance of being president. Osama bin Laden died years ago. The guy we killed was nobody, like the rest of you disposable, low-life, subhuman scum. 9-11 is a lie. Duh. Mm. I can't believe so many of you fell for that shit. What, are you fucking stupid? I can't take it anymore. They forced my children to watch TV and eat McDonald's. They had pictures of me snorting cock and sucking coke. Uh, wait a minute. Anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. Forgive me. President Putin of Russia wept and trembled as he spoke. Assassination, ethnic cleansing, bribery, and fisting Lenin's corpse. These are the least of my crimes. Our contribution to nuclear pollution on Earth will affect millions for thousands of years. I am not worthy. My crimes cannot be absolved. Each suicide adding to the growing pile of bodies and each confession exposing the simple and horrific truth of human affairs on Earth. That we are owned. It seems there's hardly a nation on Earth that's not in debt to the few people who own everything. Barely any of the nations on Earth are not the bitch, although they owe money too. Behind the veil of complexity and smokescreen of geopolitics, each of these dead world leaders struggled with reality. They were the gimps of shadowy money men. They pimped the lives of their people for growth and jobs. They sacrificed any number of their children to national security. They puked lies onto the page of history till they could stand it no more. Outside the UN building and across the world, reaction is split between mass celebration and cynical pragmatism. Some people are happy to see the back of so many lying, murdering scum. Now they say, we can rebuild our world and embark upon a golden age of cooperation and global harmony, sharing the planet's resources among us and tending to the garden earth, cherishing all life and living in joy and wonder at our good fortune. Others say that's just a load of hippie shite. And the first thing we need to do is hunt down the wealthy families who did this and kill every motherfucking goddamn one of them. Because they feel no shame. They feel no remorse. They have not gone away and they will not stop. They sure as hell won't kill themselves like these pussies in the UN. No sorry, Bob. It's angry mob time. Pitchforks, firebrands and hangman's ropes. Unless you want to wake up in 20 years time and find you're still a landless peasant fuck. Living in a tax franchise managed by a gimp in a suit for your unnamed tossers who own you like livestock and will fuck you over from a buck from now till the end of time. On a day of such magnitude, I feel the humble janitor at the UN building summed up many people's feelings when he said, What a fucking mess. I'm not cleaning this shit up. Get that camera out of my face, bitch. And there will be much more on that story later.
Okay, Derek, enlighten us into your sick mind. Well, <laughs> where, where did that one spring from? It's wishful thinking, isn't it? I mean, uh, that we've all got to have a dream. Yeah. I, I am, I imagine, like a lot of people, perhaps not a lot of people, I'm disgusted by what passes as our political affairs. The affairs mm-hmm. of humans right. disgust me. Okay. They are literally disgusting. Uh, so you're make... disgusted of Kirkcaldy? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I am, yes, if I was writing in, <laughs> yeah. I would be disgusted yeah. of Dunfermline. Uh, the UN currently is having a meeting. I don't know if you've seen the clips on television where uh, K- Kerry's flapping his hands and saying, I can't believe the Russian foreign minister seems to live in a parallel universe. Whereas, right. in fact, John Kerry is funding the bombing of Yemen and the arming of Saudi mm. Arabia and the arming of Israel and, uh, the you know, through their allies, funding ISIS to destabilise Syria. While he's pretending it's awful what the Russians are doing. Yeah. There, there are no good guys in the UN. Right. No, I, I, and if they were to, to kill themselves, I wouldn't shed a tear. <laughs> the the whole geopolitical system seems to be a big game of everyone pointing at everyone else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the UN, a, toothless, a bigger toothless talking shop I can't think of. Yeah. A completely pointless collection yeah. of, we're all the nations on earth. What are we going to do about us killing all those women and children? <laughs> Isn't it awful that we kill all those women and children? If only there was something we could do about us killing all those people. Oh, well, see you next year. Is there any, uh, uh, to speak of, is there any even you know big UN success stories that you could point to and say, well, we got that one right? I don't know if there is. The uh, monitoring of rape and genocide in Darfur, really, that was great, wasn't it? Right, they yeah, monitored okay. they that monitored really them, well. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Like You could get a Google overlay that showed you the, the very villages where people were raped and the numbers of people who were yeah. raped and murdered in each village, all thanks to UN monitoring. It was really yeah. awesome monitoring. I mean, have you... Have you I mean, you sound quite nihilistic, but I mean, have you ever taken part in the political process in any way, shape, or form? Have you always felt that it was a complete waste of time and I, energy? Yes, I actually formed a political party, but only to demonstrate oh, that you that could, it, that right, this okay. could be done, because I tired of this kind of uh, narrative from counterculture. They're superhuman Satanist super beings from outer space. There's nothing we can do. We're doomed. Right, okay. uh, there's nothing we can do. At all, no, there is. Uh, everything is fixed. No, it isn't. Uh, I'm a believer that you can create the world you want to live in. So if you want to live in a world where people uh, do things and create practical, useful institutions, you can do that. And I attempted uh, to create a political party that was practical and useful, uh, but I grew tired of politics. So I've, uh, after about What was the years, party called? It was the Landless Peasant Party. Right, okay. Yeah. And, and you uh, got in the news as well. I stood against uh, Gordon Brown and I stood against David Cameron. Uh, but the reason it's a failed political movement... You stood actually in his constituent... I stood against David Cameron at the last election. I was the fake sheikh. I was the Saudi Arabian oh, on stage right. giving him the finger. And right. also you but what was his constituency? Uh, Oxfordshire Whitney. Right. How did, the, how, how did the logistics of that go? I mean, like, did... I was lucky in that I would donated uh, thousands of pounds by secret service agents who infiltrated <laughs> our political party and attempted to involve us in uh, distractive uh, 
operations. Right. I decided not to do that and spent all their money standing against David Cameron. We had a lovely time. We stayed in a former stately home, converted into a hotel. Uh, it was actually quite difficult. It's quite archaic, the election process. You yeah, have yeah. to physically be in the office with the form and the money. There's yeah, yeah. no faxes, no emails, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no yeah. checks. I've done it. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's archaic as yeah. fuck. And so the uh, returning officer who we were dealing with, a lovely guy, very much in the mould of, this is my job and it's worth doing and it's worth doing right. And if you're not here on the 12th with the money, you're not on the list. Right. But totally straight. Uh, so I had to go down three times before the election. I had to have 10 signatures who were on the electoral roll. And right. I had to have the money and the form on the day when they... 10 signatures from that constituency. From that constituency, which I thought would be quite difficult. Right. But when we went down, it turned out everybody hated David Cameron. <laughs> How did he get elected then? I don't know. Well, obviously, right. the people drinking in the pub in the afternoon in the middle of the day in Whitney are not your typical conservative. Right, voter. okay. Uh, right. Okay. So I, you know, I didn't spend much time in the larger constituency, but actually in Whitney in the pubs in the afternoon, they all hate David Cameron. Right. Okay. Those people outside the second-hand cancer research shop totally hate David Cameron. <laughs> so, so uh, I, how many votes did you get in the end? Uh, 57, 52. I was beaten by a man dressed as a Muppet uh, and a guy <laughs> from the Muppet Show. <laughs> Which particular Muppet was addressed as? David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy standing next to me who got two more votes from me, he was dressed as the Cookie Monster. Right. He was campaigning against the NHS cuts. I right. voted for him, actually. Right, OK. So that was an interesting foray into the political, but that was your, that was your last foray into it, or was it? After, as I briefly mentioned, us being infiltrated, I swear that's true. They, they weren't even plausible. They were two ex-military brothers who turned right. up waving a checkbook and saying, we want to help. Honestly, although we served in the military for 12 years and we most recently wanted to kill people on behalf of the Queen, we're now counterculture. I've grown a beard. So has my brother. Look, we've got rock T-shirts on. Would you like thousands of pounds? Honestly, they weren't even fucking plausible. And I mean, when you, th- when you think what they did to Rhodes protesters and the Stephen Lawrence family, I was actually expecting them. Right. When they rolled up, I was like, Oh, right. Oh, yeah, you're the guys. Okay, yeah, come on in. Yeah, give us the money. Yeah, yeah. And then they started phoning me up saying, we want to make a big banner for the land party and go on the uh, Holly Gregg pedophile demo. Nah, you're not doing that. Uh, Can we make Holly Gregg pedo leaflets on behalf of the land party and put them out in Birkenhead? Nah, you're not doing that. Right. Can we, look, I said, let's cut to the chase. You're not doing anything. Did you miss the meeting where the land party exists only to buy land? We're not interested in getting elected. We don't campaign for anything. Yeah. The purpose of the land party, if you've read our constitution, says we will collect money to buy land and become politically powerful like the aristocracy are politically powerful by owning land. Using a model of the caravan club, uh, which, for the benefit of your viewers, has more money than all the political parties in Britain put together in the bank, hundreds of millions of pounds from monthly well, subscriptions. The, the Caravan Club <laughs> from its membership. Okay. Over a hundred million pounds in deposits. It owns a piece of Britain every fifteen miles. Right. Now, if Sinister. that's not a model, if Sinister. that's not a model for a political party that wants real power, I don't know what is. I don't. I don't think if the Caravan Club of Great Britain actually. Ran Britain, I don't 
suppose they could do a worse job of it than the, the current. It's just administration, isn't it? You know? Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but as a model for acquiring political power, I felt that was better then. So to talk about Chaka Uma, who uh, claims that we need power. I was oh, yeah. reading in the paper today, the yeah. Labour Party. Chaka Amuna, yeah. yeah. We need power in order to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You don't need power at all. You don't need to be in government to have political power. You need a lot of land, because mm. that's where the real value of uh, resources is. And you need a lot of money. Yeah, because I and guess you don't get anywhere near being Prime Minister unless you're totally compromised. I suspect not. I, I believe the Labour Party is a total stitch-up anyway. It's in the name, folks. Right. Labour. Okay. At, at what point did the people of this country who'd been slaves in a feudal system for a thousand years decide what we need is a political party that wants to keep us working. Right. When did they decide that that was a good idea? Right, okay. Who sold them that idea? <laughs> Labour. Yeah, longer tea breaks all round. Right. Really? We're, we've organised a political party to get us longer tea breaks while we continue to build warships for the fucking aristocracy and right. dig the coal up to make cannons to bomb niggers. Really? <laughs> Longer tea breaks. Yeah, we've decided you're going to get an education and stay in school till you're 14. Then you can go down the pits to dig coal for the war machine. That's labour for you. Right. Uh, labour, to me, are a joke. Right. And for the people of this country, any part, any country, socialism. Basically, what socialism says is, do you see that fat capitalist cow over there? We're going to milk it and have a drink. They're not going to get rid of it. Yeah. Socialists do not want to dismantle the fat capitalist cow. They just want a drink. Oh, yeah, socialism, we're not having enough to drink. Get milk that cow. There's not enough capitalist milk in our cup. <laughs> I say fuck socialists. Well, I've said that for years, right now, but... <laughs> Uh, not uh, not Kezia Dugdale, obviously. You know, it's not my type, but uh, well, no. I'm definitely not her type. So uh, that won't be fucking her. I'm disappointed that Nicola Sturgeon's not a lesbian now, <laughs> since every <laughs> since all our other Scottish female political leaders are. Huh? But I mean, they're talking about the fucking some of the ridiculous things in the news. I mean, like you do worse. To, to, you'd be hard to beat some of the actual things. I mean, like I've got the, the Times from yesterday. The Times regardless of what you might think, but it's got somewhat of a reputation as being a serious newspaper, right, okay? It's the sun with big words. Well, I'm looking at the front page yesterday, and it looks like the fucking Daily Express or something. You know, we've got uh, three headlines, okay? The, the, the page is taken up by a picture of some Hollywood celebrity couple who apparently aren't going to be married anymore, right? That's the fucking, that's one of their lead stories, or rather the lead picture in the front. The other big story on the front of their newspaper is fitness trackers can make you fatter, right? <laughs> They'll become as normal as wristwatches for millions of people, yet wearing a fitness tracker could result in less weight being lost than if you exercise tech-free, a study has found. That's really worthy of front-page news. And then the other one is Britain is to crack down on illegal ivory trade. Uh, guys, I mean, fuck's sake, if that's the best you can come up with for three, for a, you know, for any front page story, you're fucking struggling. Yeah, and your editor really needs a boot in the balls if it is a male editor. And if it's a female editor, she still needs a boot in the balls. Well, people get tired of the fact that we're screwing 
up Syria, you know. There's only, there's only <laughs> so true. many times you can hear about it. All right, it's still going on. It's mm-hmm. still going on. Right, we know it's still going on. There's only what, so many yeah. government corruption scandals that people can deal with, I suppose. The, yeah. There is actually, I forget what the word is, but in news editor and producer circles, there's a story for like, oh God, no. We're so bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they call, what do they call it? Like people get overwhelmed, or you know, there's yeah. just there's too much blood. Drop the dead donkey. Yeah, right. it's, it's fucking. This times you suck. You know, this is why I don't subscribe to newspapers. I used to. Or, uh, I mean, I, I was tempted to get a subscription to the Sunday Times, just because I thought it would save me money. Because I get it most most weeks. I have to say. But at least when I don't have a subscription, I can walk in, look at the front page and go, do you know what? I'm not fucking buying that. Simon Cowell, who the fuck cares? Um, so yeah, that's why I don't really subscribe to newspapers anymore. Well, at least now, thanks to Deke, you've got an alternative. I've got an alternative news oh, source. One of many alternative news sources. And I have uh, to say, uh, we have one of my favourite shows as well. Yeah. Where we take down the news... So it's interesting to talk about power and and your your view is because we're fed this like oh democracy you know democracy is the religion I think right there's no problem which more democracy cannot fix and if you actually look at what democracy is it's the illusion of power in exchange for freedom right if Tom and I decided to run this show's democracy and the three of us voted and uh, we decided that you needed to run through leaf naked with uh, a chicken tied to your balls. Would that be good for the show? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe we get more views, but... Um, That's all okay. I think you've already you done that. Again, on, not on radio. <laughs> I think you'd need a visual element for that. Yeah. You'd need a, you'd need a commentator. Well, huh? Right. <laughs> I see him out the window. (laughs) (laughs) The colours are a bit gaudy. Anyway, if you were against this idea, but you know, the show's a democracy, the people have spoken, you wouldn't exactly consider it to be your freedom, the fact that you've been forced by a two-thirds majority to do something that you weren't up for. But, and yet, on the sort of nationwide level, we think this model... uh, it will work well it's uh, it's become attractive democracy mm-hmm. only when you consider the alternatives okay it's not like attractive as you say when you look at how it functions like yeah. so what 22% of the country the Tories get to have the government they want mm. I mean okay. when you break down the demographic of right. the last general election result that's who's running the country yeah if you've got a turnout of whatever it was 56% and 51% of that is the winning vote first yeah. past the post then we have 26% of the country telling the other 75% what to fucking do so it's not attractive if you look at it in isolation but it was sold to us mm-hmm. as well you know the first world war millions dead disenfranchised no vote they were all for democracy mm. as opposed to like just being told what to do with no vote mm-hmm. at all so democracy could be improved and uh I like the debate in the Labour Party about democracy. Right. That's if in terms of like how could democracy be improved? Because then, like, okay, who do we give the vote to, and how do we count the votes? Mm. If we have proportional representation, uh, or first past the post, or uh, in the Labour Party's 
uh, situation at the moment. Who gets, or should we, vote the cabinet? We've elected a leader. But now we'd like to elect a cabinet. Well, why bother electing a fucking leader? What's the leader for, democratically speaking, if you elect a prime minister and then have a referendum to decide every law that's going to Mm -hmm. be passed? Or you elect a leader and then have elections to see who you're going to make the leader work with? Uh, So democracy, it can be confusing. I'm confused by the ideas of democracy. Either you elect people in a representative democracy based on their manifesto, Mm -hmm. which, looking at the Tories, we don't have at the moment. We elected one manifesto, and now we've got a completely different Theresa May manifesto, utterly different to the Mm. one that taught her, but she's not standing for re-election. So we don't even have representative democracy. The opposition have elected a leader, but they want to force the leader to work with people he didn't select. So he's not even a leader. But would more democracy necessarily be a good thing? Uh, in the sense that you could, we could have a system where everybody, it'd be relatively easy to vote the same way people vote people off of fucking Big Brother or, you know. I'm out for that. <laughs> right, okay. I am, I'm okay. totally for That's the kind of democracy I would actually promote. <laughs> right, really? I would have the X Factor every week. Right. Uh, so we're having a vote this week to see if we're going to, oh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Invade Syria? Invade Syria. See if we're going to expand our naval base in Bahrain. Uh, we're having a vote to see if Prince Charles should visit the King of Bahrain, slap him on the back and help him taser some political dissidents. Uh, we're having a vote this week on anything and everything. That, to me, is real democracy. I don't like representative democracy. I'd rather have whatever the other... Are you sure? But would we not be hanging suspected paedophiles yes, in the street? <laughs> we would. And that would be a learning process. <laughs> Okay. We would learn from that. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't know. I mean, do in order to make good decisions, people have to have a high degree of expertise, right? You're talking to a population who, broadly speaking, have almost no understanding of economics, statecraft, political philosophy, political science, um, sociology, um, e- anything anything relevant to being able to... I mean, half the time I don't fucking know how to make a good decision regarding my own life, um, and I think I'm a pretty well-informed guy. What? So this kind of everyone gets an equal voice, it's, it's bad enough when you have qualified people having a voice. When you've got people who have no relevant knowledge and are making decisions based on prejudice... Boris Johnson, anyone? Okay. Foreign Secretary? People Donald like Trump, that. burgeoning President of America? Yeah, yeah. Well, that just goes to show that these are that, that people will get into power based on, not based on their expertise or based on their acumen, ability to bring things to the job, but actually by their ability to marshal votes, which is a completely different skill. And also to bribe people to vote yeah, for them and that's the by thing. saying we will give you tons right. of free shit. I, I, yeah. I see the same problems yeah. in representative yeah. democracy happening yeah. in participatory democracy right. where right. everybody right. participates on everything. So let's say, for instance, the death penalty. It yeah. has been well uh, observed. Yeah. The population of this country would bring back the death penalty Probably. in a heartbeat if yeah. you gave it a vote. Let's yeah. have a referendum. Bring back the death penalty. Yeah. Burn him, burn him. Yeah. Okay. 
Do you think we would vote in the Snoopers Charter? No. Uh, would we fuck vote in the Snoopers Charter? The population of this country would not willingly go, yes, you can look at all my communications electronically. Tens of thousands of lowly civil servants can look at my medical bank and telephone records. That would never happen. So I think the risks of you know, mass participation in democracy uh, are outweighed by the benefits. We would not have voted to go to war in Iraq. Okay. That would never have happened. I'm not really sure about that. Maybe now we wouldn't because we've got YouTube and things like that. But the slavish adherence to the religion of state around the time of the Iraq war. At the time, Britain's biggest protests ever took place against the war. Every single opinion poll showed the country was not for it. And... We were right to not yeah, we were, we were right, for sure. I mean, I was on one of those demonstrations and I thought, do you know what? If I could do a bit of research on the alternative media and come up with a clear conclusion that Iraq obviously didn't have weapons of mass destruction, people in power must have known that. It's the people who don't actually bother to check that worry me. You didn't really need to do a lot of checking with Hans Blick of the UN having spent nine months in the country saying, there are none. Right. The defence, the man in charge, uh, ginger-headed Scotsman, resigned. Oh, yeah. uh, Robin Cook. Robin, Robin Cook, Cook yeah. resigned from yeah. government, stood up in Parliament and said, there are no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq as a normal person would understand them. Yeah. Even if Clear you, short bill there, there as yeah. well. So you wouldn't have had to have done much research to form an informed opinion. You would only have had to listen to the people actually charged by the wider world of politic in finding out. Uh, you could also have formed your own judgment based upon the claims in the dossier, which, although the internet wasn't as, if you like, well used mm. then, mm. Uh, nobody really knows, and not many people have taken the time to find out what these 45-minute claims were all about. But the detail of it is quite telling. It's a missile system. We sold them. Yeah. Right. It's a battlefield missile which had had its range extended by a hundred kilometers, which would mean it could reach more desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what's a hundred kilometers from Iraq? More desert, uh, and its warhead capability was slightly larger, so it was almost big enough that you could put five hand grenades extra in it. Right. These are the weapons of mass destruction we were being told were potentially at risk of being used. Not nuclear missiles. Mm. You know what I mean? Chemical no, weapons? Well, you could potentially. I mean, again, yeah. if you had a laboratory full of highly uh, educated and experienced technicians right. make a chemical weapon that could fit in this little battlefield weapon, okay, it's all possibility. Mm. The whole thing was a lie from beginning to end. And, yeah, so participation in democracy should be like the X factor. Let's have, you know, like, I'm for, actually that kind of participation, even if we make mistakes, because it would be us who was responsible. And I'm for taking responsibility for your actions. So if yeah, after, right. if we passed, we brought back the death penalty. Oh dear, we killed all those Irish people who were totally innocent. Maybe that's not such a good idea. Mind you, we didn't embark on a number of Middle Eastern wars, which were completely unnecessary. Right. Oh. So you think participatory democracy of a style of the X Factor uh, would be 
problematic, but somehow in the long run r- less problematic than representative democracy. Preferable to having Boris Johnson running around the world with a foreign aid budget in his back pocket, right. doling out billions to African dictators and Middle East dictators to keep waving the Union Jack. Okay. Right. Interesting. <laughs> I feel like we could go on on this topic for ages. I'm kind of concerned at the prospect of, you know, 51% of people being able to impose, um, adopt, you know, a law on the other 49%. I'm wondering if you, you think, you know, sort of maybe 60% or two thirds majority on actually. Well, I guess, is that any worse though than the current system in which we've got a 27, 30% demo- uh, majority imposing laws and rules if you want from to, their manifesto. If you want to fine-tune it, I believe we ought to have, uh, like, there should be a unanimous vote for self-immolation. You know? right. Like, if the country... If the, and this week's vote is everybody's going to pour petrol on themselves and set fire to themselves. 51%. Right. Let's get out there with the lighter. No, I'm not for that. That should yeah. be a 100% vote. Everyone should have to vote for self-immolation. Right, okay. So I think... Is there anything, though, that's not up for vote, not up for democracy? I mean, do individual rights and liberties matter yeah. in the sense that... I mean, I don't know one single... I mean, I've got, we've got, Tony and I have got this sort of rule that says that the more people bang on about democracy, the more a person bangs on about democracy, usually the less they actually they, they like it. You know, when they, when they say, oh, we should have more democracy and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as they see something like, for example, when Hamas got elected in the West Bank, oh, uh, we can't have that. You know, yes. when Jörg Haider or the Freedom Party got, yeah. got into power in Austria, oh, we, we can't have that. We yeah. go, well, that's a democratic decision, you know. Yeah. And I don't know one single feminist who would say, let's suppose we put it to the vote tomorrow yeah. and the country decided, you know, like, well, abortion should be illegal. You know, and so criminalised. Oh, I don't see it yet. I kind of go, well, that's democracy. Guess we'll just have to go along with and it. Likewise, you know? you know, fundamentalist Christians or whatever would never, if it was who claimed to believe in democracy, would never say, oh well, you know, fifty-one percent of people are against abortion being illegal. Therefore, abortion should be legal. These people claim to believe in democracy, but only in so far as the votes turn up. Um, yeah. in their favour and then all of a sudden oh no that's mob rule well fucking duh you were the democracy advocate <laughs> yeah damn right it's bloody mob rule so I think you know having I know the constitution is just some kind of piece of paper but if you're going to have a democratic system I think you should have some bill of what the gu- what's up for grabs? What should be pe- what should people be well, allowed to vote on, and what shouldn't they? Yeah. Should be people be allowed to vote to take my house or forcefully have sex with, sex wife. with my yeah. wife? Yeah. Yeah. you know, I think or like anything I say like that. Should the, that be up for the, the vote? And I don't think so. Right. We can fine tune participatory okay. democracy. We can learn so from we can vote to get you to run around with the no. shit tied to your balls. <laughs> uh, no, that's, 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 there, that's there the point. There have to be limits <laughs> on uh, individual freedom and liberty can't be curtailed by mass uh, okay. democracy. Uh, but on the other hand... So would you be in favour of some sort of consti- written constitution or bill of rights? I would. I okay. would be in favour of a bill of rights, uh, but it would only have... Ver- it would have very, very few rights. Yeah. And... Uh, 
it would be right something. to life, right to liberty, uh, the, right see, to free the thing, speech. I have a big problem with all the bills of rights. Okay. Right? All the constitutions that have like your bill yeah. of rights in it, yeah. they don't contain anything I haven't already got. Well, how fucking pers- dare you give me the right to speak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get where uh, you're coming for, but what that does, it, I don't suppose it, it doesn't give you the right. To it doesn't stop give the you anything from stopping. Yeah, from. Oh, well, if you've got a government who's going to kill and torture you, I don't believe a piece of paper is going to stop them. No, and therefore, it becomes, like, irrelevant. All the rights on these bills mm. of rights are, in my view, irrelevant. Or irrelevant. They okay. are, like, eh, like, the right to life and liberty. Well, who's saying I shouldn't have that? Why do we need to write that one down? How to about, protect you from the government. Well... Like I say, like I say, if your government's yeah. planning to kill you and lock you up, that's not going to help. And so my Bill of Rights goes something like this. For a nation, I accept, I don't like the existence of nations, but I accept that they exist and that the people in them feel that they have a right to determine what happens in their country collectively as a group in that country, whatever. Right. So for each country, I propose a Bill of Rights that goes something like this. Everyone who is a member of this nation has a right to make their own way in life without any support or hindrance from the government on a piece of land that they have a right to. Everyone, if you're part of a nation, which is a border around a piece of land, what's the defining characteristic of your citizenship or your membership of that surely it is in some sense part ownership of something well i don't want a piece of the flag i don't want a piece of the national anthem i don't want a piece of the queen i want a piece of the country i want everyone in the country to have a right not necessarily like we've all got to have an acre like the right Right. to the rewards and responsibilities of land so if for instance in fife uh, fife for instance you could say has a certain amount of people and a certain amount of land. If I say to uh, the Fife Council, I've decided not to take part in the economy anymore. Right. I will take the land. Okay, there's your land. Fuck off. We're not giving you any help. Mm -hmm. But we're also not going to do anything to you. Right. We're not going to make you sign on. We're not going to make you pay taxes. Yeah, yeah. You're getting nothing. Yeah. You got your land. You wanted the land. You got the land. That's it. So people have got the choice to opt out from society. Society is what... I'm a big fan of free will. Everybody's decided to do this. They've decided to fuck the planet for resources that we can never replace in order to have another generation of iPads. Okay, bash on. I don't want anything to do with that. Right. I want to grow some turnips and uh, highlight the moon. You can all carry on. Yeah. I'm having nothing to do with that. In this country, you're not allowed to not take part. Yeah, this is very That's true. That's a problem for me as well. Yeah. Hence not. my criticisms of democracy. Yeah. Uh, without sounding like yeah, like a horrible human being. Have you, you the Winston Churchill quote? You know, the best argument against democracy is actually meeting voters. Is a conversation with the average voter, and he still got voted pretty <laughs> so after well, saying that, that. We can't say see, these things anymore. I feel like editing that. But yeah, it's extremely podcast. difficult. No, no, no. Come, I think I think to bite me. you're right in the way that uh, because that's what I feel about this Constitution of Rights. This the only right I want is the right 
not to take part. And in order to do that, I have to be able to look after my family the way animals who live on Earth have done for millennia on a piece of land. We're the only animal who has to buy where we live. Right. Badgers mm. don't have to buy where they live. Birds don't need to buy where they live. And it's the only right missing from all of the bills of rights. No country on Earth is currently giving anybody the right to any land. Why? Well, you have the right to property. Ah, no, there's a... The law protects private property. Yeah. If, you can, if you can come by some, right. you, you, the law will protect. But that's not the same as your right to a piece of land, like as a given. Yeah, just go and homestead it, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. I don't want to take part. It is my right not to take part. And in order for me not to take part, I don't want nuclear-powered internet. I don't want Mm -hmm. coal-fired power stations. I don't want shopping. I want to live as a natural being. To live as a goat. I want (laughs) to live, yeah, I want to live as as a human. I don't want to live as a consumer, an economic unit, any of that. And we don't have that right, and we're forced to take part. And democracy is uh, a way of enslaving you to taking part well you had a vote well yeah well here's an interesting thing then um it it looks like the the green party have plans to lobby or or have a policy to put um a none of the above box on the ballot papers now that would seem to be a good idea uh from I mean, it seems a good idea to me. However, I think it might be a precursor to actually then force mandatory voting, which, yeah, yeah, which I don't, I really can't get behind. What do you think on that? I'm uh, I'm for both of those things. What, mandatory voting? above and mandatory voting. Really? You'd, you'd, for how, are you, right, okay, well, fine. Are you willing to throw people in prison for not voting? Uh, No, but then I'm not willing to, so, on the London Underground, they used to have a policy where you had to stick on one side so that people who wanted to walk quickly yeah, could, could walk with us and yeah, stick to that. And the, the, they've the, now yeah. realised that actually more people uh, can move up quicker if they let everybody just walk up the escalators. Okay. But the problem is people don't walk up the, the escalator, right. they stand stock still. Even so, the, right. it's the capacity of an escalator because yeah. people walking have a certain stride. I mean, they've done the science. Okay. There's more people carried up that height if right. the escalator's full. And so uh, I think it's about the benefits outweigh the drawbacks. The benefit of compulsory voting and none of the above is you get to see that nobody in this country wants any of these fuckers. <laughs> right. It, it, cre- it creates then or reveals, it reveals that Nobody wants any of these governments. This is true, but it still presents a problem. If you, the none of the above thing, I don't have so much of a problem. I think it's maybe a good idea, but well, I guess just not voting is is none of the above. But if you start to say, well, you have to vote, we'll make it illegal if you don't. Then you have to say, well, are you prepared to fine somebody if they won't pay the fine? Are you prepared to arrest them? Are you prepared to use force to put them into prison I, because they won't vote? That's the, as. As a fascist bureaucrat, right. I would view it as a sort of, hmm, okay, so it's compulsory to vote, but if you don't, what do we do? Well, yeah. we remove them from the voter registration. If you're not going to vote, you can't be a registered voter. 
Okay, so that might not concern people. My concern with the making voting mandatory is you're now basically... The, the the trick that's at play is people want to confuse government with society, right? Yeah. There's loads of ways you can engage society without ever voting or without ever participating in the, the mm. government. From starting a business to starting a youth centre or anything, you can a go forum. out and speak to people. You could, I could go, right, I'm a, I'm a therapist. I could go to the grass market and set up a little stall that said, Head shrinker, fifteen pounds, right? Okay, I'm engaging with society. What this hegemony that the government has is the idea of conflating. Now, once you make it mandatory to vote, that is kind of backed up by the use of force. And all of us who just want to say, do you know what? This is just a fucking illusion, right? You're holding up an umbrella over Britain and say everyone belongs under here and I just want to step out from un- uh, from under that umbrella turn my back to you and walk away and say and you're fucking irrelevant yeah. right see if things got really bad all these things you know you can't uh, employ someone for under this wage oh you've got to have these fucking healthy health and safety regulations you can't do this you can't do that if things get really bad people are just advertise. going to ignore all those all those laws and just take whatever they can get. But the moment you make it mandatory to vote and you back that up by force, then you're basically living in an invisible prison system. So I'm not proposing it's backed up by force. Right, okay, I'm proposing okay. a bureaucratic system that says these are the registered voters. They've all got to vote. They've registered to vote. They've got they've got to right. vote. So that we can see what the registered voters like, and right. if they vote, none of the above. And bear in mind, this is a, this is against the backdrop yeah. of not wanting democracy at all. Yeah. I think we don't need democracy. We ought to know, right? So hands up, everybody who wants poisonous water. Oh no, no, I don't want that. Hands up, everybody who wants poisonous food. No, I don't want that either. <laughs> what are we voting for? Don't yeah. we know? What we want? What yeah, is the yeah. democracy for in the first place? The democracy is to legitimise the state. Yeah, of course. And so if you... And the last... I'm sure the last thing they want is none of the above on the ballot because then we would see the illegitimacy of the state. And if you put none of the above on the ballot, I think you have to put it's compulsory to vote. If you're a registered voter... Now, they made it compulsory think, to fill out the census. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's you currently you have you actually have to register. If you're living in a house and you're old enough to vote, I think you, you're supposed to, to register to vote. I think there's some sort of law there. I've read that and now you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. So the letter says, actually, you can be fined for not registering. Yeah, yeah. Which is, in my view, since they, have, they haven't got none of the above on the ballot, that is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. This is an enforcement of legitimacy. Yeah. Well, so we can I, why have I got to register if, if there's nobody I can vote for? Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can not spoil- nobody I can vote for. I, I can't mark anything. In good conscience, I cannot put my mark Well, here's a, another thing. I mean, you, you, you stood in, uh, in a parliamentary election. You know that you, you, you have an adjudication of spoiled ballots. Mm-hmm. And the candidates have to go. I mean, I didn't know this until I took part in it. But I always just assumed that when a ballot paper was spoiled, they just fucked it in the bin. But no, 
you have to go and the guy goes through all the ballot papers That's and right. shows it to each yeah, of the yeah. candidates, yeah. right? And like, mostly it's cocks yeah, drawn, drawn on the, right. <laughs> a vast array of cocks right? and like, it's, they, so they had, to, they had to show them round like, and everybody's like now, do you agree that that's a that's spoiled ballot you know and like, like Ruth Davidson was looking at it rather perplexed like you know what's that but anyway so there's, there's all that if you put your cock yeah. in the box it's a vote that's right that's, that's weird yeah yeah because you go the voters inten- the voters intention was, was like, clear it was clear now as you can see this <laughs> cock is not in any box right yeah, so and you can write, you know, um, Ruth Davidson's a fucking fat hairy dyke, or you can write fucking Tam Laird's a fucking fascist Jesus freak, whatever the fuck. You can write that, and they've got to actually show that to each yeah. of the candidates. Yeah. So you know, they they kind of get the message, and lots of people do just write none of the above, yeah, on their ballot paper. So I don't know if there's a requirement. I'm not. I'm, like I say, I'm not so against the none of the above being in the ballot paper, but I think it's possibly a precursor to forcing people to vote, and I don't think I can get behind that. But you, you're in favour of it? Uh, not for the forcing you to vote. Okay. I'm, I'm against them. So they've created a penalty for me not registering. Yeah, yeah. If they've created a penalty for not registering, then I ought to be able to legitimately tick none of the above. Right. But uh, that is a waste of my time. I'd rather spend my day going down to the soup kitchen and help some homeless folk. You might be able to help those homeless folk by altering the government of the country. Okay, but my, I've got one vote out of millions of people and it's very like, unlikely that that action is going to do as much good. That's on a philosophical point, mm. and I agree with this. Somebody once said... Uh, it goes something like this. That one person with the will uh, can change the world is not only true, but it's the only thing that changes the world. Sure. I don't know who said that, and it's, that's not exactly the quote, yeah. but I believe that ideas that spring from one yeah. person and that are communicated to other people are how we change things. Absolutely. I, I, I don't necessarily think through a vote. So let's take your um, point about get your entitlement to land and to live on your of your own means forward because I find that quite fascinating and I like it because it presents an uh, an out. It presents a way to either say voluntarily, yes, I am going to be part of the political process, or no, fuck you guys. I'm doing my own thing. I'm not part of this system. So it makes government voluntary. So supposing you have rejected to vote, you've been taken off the voter's register, you've claimed your land, and you want to go and live off the fat of the land. Now, you you have kids. You're not obliged to pay for the government schools, the crappy government schools through the tax system. That's great. You can homeschool your kids. Yeah. What happens then when you start, I don't know, beating them or start tar- starting a freak show on your... Or your, starting a tire fire. Yeah. I've got, a big I've got some nuclear waste. Yeah. <laughs> your, your I, I, I haven't buried it secretly in a pile of cardboard boxes to pretend right. that it's yeah, safe. Exactly. Yeah. At that point, what happens to this opting out of society? So it's, uh, again, it's like the, uh, the levels of participation in a democracy right. yeah. uh, just because I said so I believe there should be a right 
for every human being on earth to have some earth. I believe that should be the only right on a Bill of Rights. But once you get that right, it comes with a responsibility. You, uh, just like we expect, you know, uh, people not to make a mess with their factories and, uh, you know, other things that pollute the earth. You have a responsibility not to create pollution. You have a responsibility not to annoy your neighbours by playing techno at four o'clock in the morning through a giant PA rig. Yeah. And you have a responsibility uh, to your children to keep them safe and well. And none of them go away. You haven't completely... You don't live on the moon because right. you've because you've been, if you like, because you've taken up the right to a piece of land. In America, yeah. they had this briefly. They called it the land of the free for that exact reason. People have forgotten what America was about and yeah. why the Americans think so much of themselves. But it went like this. Europe was full of oppressive fascist monarchs mm -hmm. who, by the way, own everything, including you. Yeah. They own all the land and the people on it, unless you're a free man. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically, everybody there is owned and so is all the land. Let's ignore the plight of the indigenous people for in the North moment. America yeah. for the moment. But then... The narrative for the settler was this. Come to America. You can have land. Really? No fucking way. Land? Me? Mm. A peasant? A landless fucking piece of livestock? Yeah! How much? Loads of it! Mm. Let's go. That's why people went to America. To get land. Yeah. And that's why it's the land of the free. And when indigenous people around the world are having their land taken off them by Nestle and the Chinese, and the other corporations operating in Brazil and South mm -hmm. America, they know exactly what they're losing. They are losing their freedom, because land is freedom. We forgot, because we lost our land a long time ago. Yeah. When the Normans came here, the Doomsday Book, aptly titled, because the Doomsday Book said, we've counted up all the land, and it all belongs to the king. Yeah. There's no such thing as your land anymore. That was when we lost our freedom in this country, at a stroke. But let's say, I mean, we, I, I agree with you largely, broadly what you're saying, but obviously you're going to come to a point, small place like Scotland, some land is better than others. Some land is more productive than other pieces of land. So you go, okay, you've got a right to a piece of land. Who allocates that land? Who decides, are you going to have like a land auction or a land grab? Just because everybody does start yeah. off at the starting yeah. line yeah. and yee bang, yee go. I'm headed for Perthshire. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where the hills are rolling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You stick my fucking claim. Glencoe, yeah. Pete Bog, anyone? Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what are we... the practicalities? Yeah. All right, so uh, there's such a variety of possibility here. It would be fantastic <laughs> if this was possible. So let's say I live in Fife and I approach the council and I say, yeah, I'm, uh, I want the land option. And the yeah. council say to me, okay, you want the land option, but what kind of, what sort of thing were you thinking of doing? I would say, well, I'm thinking of scrapyard. I'm interested in recycling. Right. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not growing turnips. You yeah. know, I'm not talking about your right to land, meaning you have to eat alfalfa mm -hmm. that you grew or raise goats. Now, it's interesting in Scotland, we have... The Croft Commission. Right. And the Crofting Commission has determined that land should be available to people to live off. This is almost exactly my dream. Right. Why am I not on a Croft? Okay. Because the Crofting Commission is a fucking... 
theme park land. Right. It's a theme park. It's uh, like, yeah. So this is what crofting is. Crofting is you keeping sheep. Yeah. Okay. So if you'd like to keep sheep, we've got a croft here for you. Right. Uh, you can well, move in any time as long as you want to keep sheep. You do want to keep sheep, don't you? Right. You will be thrown off your croft if, in the opinion of the local crofting community or the crofting commission, you're not keeping sheep. I mean, uh, fulfilling the tenets of the crofting act, which okay. basically says keep sheep. Right. You're not allowed to do forestry. You're not allowed to do leisure. Golf course! Yes, yeah. Fife Council, I'd like to take up my land provision. What were you thinking, Mr. Jackson? I was thinking golf course. Right, like okay. Trump. Uh, no, 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 no. Sheep. You can keep sheep. Okay. No, no, I wasn't thinking of keeping sheep. There's a lot of possibilities with land, and they don't really have to be keeping sheep and growing turnips. You can do anything with land. Right. Forestry's good. Scrapyards are good. Yeah. Mini, mini golf. It's quite popular at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it in principle. I just think you can do that, but currently you would just, you would just have to buy it. I agree, and that was the constitution of the land party. Was yeah. <laughs> we're we're just going to be a political party. We're going to chip in. We're going to buy land. Yeah, and that land will be available for members to take up the yeah. option to live on it. But I'm more of an outrageous fuckwit than I am a, a clever administrator. Okay. Uh, that, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. You're an ideas man. I'm yeah. an ideas man. So, so I'm a fire starter. So how would you... <laughs> twisted fire starter for this myself. So well, how would you feel about... We had, we had a guy called Dominic Frisbee on the on the podcast uh, during the Fringe. I don't know if you've seen that podcast, but it's worth watching. And he's in favour of something called the land value tax. Georgism. Georgism. Yeah, that's what it used to be yeah. known as. How do you feel about Georgism and what, what, or, or land value tax? Do you think uh, there's... There's merit in that in order to free up more land so that somebody Bearing like myself could buy that 69 70% of the land in the country is owned by I don't know if it's 6,000 people or 6,000 families but a diminishingly small it's number half of 1% own uh, almost all the habitable land in Britain okay. yeah. and uh, a guy Kevin Cahill's written two really good books Who Owns Britain and Who Owns the World Right. Okay. Uh, I've got both of them and I, I read them frequently because uh, it's not you no. Right. That's who owns yeah. Britain and who owns the world. Land value tax, Georgism, uh, I'm not for that. In the land party, we proposed a land use tax, which goes like this. So you're living here, you deal with your own sewage, yeah. And uh, you're making your own power, yeah. And so that's no tax. Right. Okay, so you're a nuclear facility, uh, likely to be <laughs> disposing of nuclear waste here for 85,000 years at a vast cost to this country and its citizens. Yeah, your tax bill's really big. It's right. really big. We're not sure yet. It's more of, it's kind of like the nuclear industry is getting a blank check from the taxpayer at the moment. Mm-hmm. The tax bill for the nuclear industry used, should be a blank check. We haven't decided how much tax you're paying yet, but we'll fill in the numbers and you'll be paying it. Okay. That's the land. So land use land tax is supposed to a land value tax. What you're using the land for should determine how much tax you pay to the people of this country for then granting you the privilege of using it, which is what use of this country's land should be. It should be a privilege. Uh, so low impact, low tax, basically. No tax for okay. you and your family making your own power and dealing with your own sewage, producing no rubbish. Mm. We don't make any rubbish. We don't make any pollution. We've got, you know... Okay. Uh, renewable electricity, and uh, we're dealing with our own sewage. So why would we pay tax? 
So how then would you free us from our own huge tracts of land? Okay, not doing anything with it, not you know, not making any sewage, you know, dealing with all. Oh, I'm doing everything, ticking all the boxes that you've asked yeah. me to tick, but I'm still sitting there land banking a huge tract of land that other people could be using and be using more. And I say productive loosely, you know, but actually doing something with it, uh, maybe even building houses on it that people can can actually live in. What kind um, of houses are these? Are they the houses? houses. <laughs> are these the houses with no chimneys, no solar panels, gas central heating? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that's for somebody cleverer than me to, to to work out. There's no market of land in this country. If you want to buy land, uh, start looking because there's very little land yeah, yeah. for sale. And the reason for that is because all the people who own the land value it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, We've got a lot of land. How are we fuck selling any of this? Yeah. So um, that's why I would reckon that the land value tax could, but then you could say, well, you, you can do that if you want, but it's going to cost you a fine well, load of tax. Again, in the yeah. fine tuning, yeah. one of the things we anticipated in the land party was this. Let's imagine this wonderful world where the land party becomes the government. Okay. And I'm its prime minister. Right. All right. Okay. So land use. If you personally are living with no impact okay. on land with your family, no tax. However, that's to the limit of an acre. Actually, you and a family of four can probably live on half an acre, maybe even quarter of an acre if you're really clever. So up to an acre, no tax. If you've got more tax than that, then you're going to be taxed for having not used land. Mm-hmm. Which means... Now, create a virus marker. You will want to get rid of that. I assure you, the amount of tax we're going to tax your unused land will make you want to sell it. Okay. And so these people, let's say... The Duke of Buccleuch, mm-hmm. who owns That's the borders. Yeah. He owns the borders. Yeah. He doesn't just own a bit. My yeah. family and I have enough turnips to get yeah. go get by on. He owns the fucking borders. Yeah. Well, that'll be £5,000 an acre this year, Mr. Buccleuch. Mr. Buccleuch. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, the land party got rid Mr. of... Mr. of Buccleuch. We, we got rid of all hereditary titles <laughs> and privilege and inherited land. So in fact, you don't actually own this land. Okay. So even you on your on your one acre of land with your four kids, uh, one day those four kids are going to be growing up. You might even croak. What happens to the land? You cannot. Are you saying you cannot leave that acre of land to one of or all of your kids? Should be like council houses. Now back in the day, my mum lived in a council house, and she was getting old and was going to die, and I still lived there. When she died, I could continue to live in the council house. Right. But if I was living somewhere else and she died, the council took possession of the house. It's just you know, a a relaxed and flexible approach to inheritance in situ. Okay. If the same circumstances prevail, but not a legal right to continue owning Oxfordshire and calling yourself Lord Blenheim. Okay. Uh, I'd like to maybe just touch on uh, some environmental stuff before we, we wind up. I was interested that earlier before we started the podcast, you were talking about uh, environmental issues. Uh, we've, we've touched on it before in this show. I just want to get your take on it. Climate change, one, is it anthropogenic? Two, is it catastrophic? Three, you know, can something really be done about it at this stage? You were saying earlier that the, the, the acidification of the, o- the oceans is probably the primary one on your list. Tell us a bit about that. Okay, so uh, the more CO2 you put into the atmosphere, the more is absorbed by the ocean because of the churning of the surface of the ocean. It creates okay. circumstances that... And at the moment, the ocean is helping us out by absorbing 
most of the damaging levels of CO2. Okay, more, more so than vegetation and trees? More so because it's quicker. Okay. It takes a while for enough vegetation to grow. Uh, but yeah, uh, just to answer some of the points you raised there, there is absolutely no doubt we are emitting greenhouse gases. Okay. Nobody of any rationale disputes that. There is also no doubt about the science of the greenhouse effect. It totally works. The greenhouse effect is okay. responsible for making this planet habitable. If it weren't for the greenhouse effect, this planet would be a cold rock in space. Yeah. And we would all be okay. dead. Uh, it is the greenhouse effect that keeps us warm and alive. Mm -hmm. So there's no doubt we're emitting greenhouse gases. There's no doubt the greenhouse effect works. And there is no doubt we will pay for it. There's no doubt we are going to pay for it. So there's some debate about how much and when. And that is, if you like, the, the narrow wave band of debate that we see in the media mm -hmm. and you know, on the internet and between people. Oh, climate change is not going to be a big problem. Sea levels are going to rise in you know, the Maldives. The Maldives, yeah. Big deal. Uh, but in fact, it's much more serious than that. And people uh, perhaps <laughs> don't understand it because... Uh, or, or don't get that because they don't understand it. And it's not... I am not an evangelist for understanding. I don't see it as my job to go around educating the world. I accept that the world is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Climate change is going to fuck the world right up. We can adapt. We're really clever. Human beings are really clever. And a lot of my friends tell me, don't worry about it, Deke. We're really clever. And I've put that argument to serious doomers. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name, but he's on tour around the world. Professor Emeterus Paul somebody. He goes around the world saying rapid climate change is going to kill us all. Okay. Have a nice day. Right. Uh, that is his gig. And he explains that uh, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. The domino effect of climate goes like this. The acidification of the ocean kills small ocean life forms that other fish need, that bigger fish need, and that eventually kills the ocean. And when the ocean dies, there's a knock-on effect to the land, and the land dies. Right. Now, we know from uh, various geological and biological uh, research into the past that there have been major mass extinctions on Earth and that a feature of them is the ocean dying. So, if we kill our ocean, we're in big trouble. And by we, I mean large mammals. Honestly, crabs, jellyfish, ants, beetles, they'll be fine. So I'm not a total doom-monger. I don't think this is the end of life on Earth. But I'd just like to remind people that 12,000 years ago on planet Earth, there were giant bears, mm -hmm. giant wolves, uh, giant woolly elephants, yeah. giant sloths, uh, there were giant anteaters. Giant dragonflies. Yeah. yeah. There were big things. And the reason they're not here now is because of climate change. Yeah. Climate change is bad for big mammals. Okay. We're a big mammal. And so climate change is going to be bad for us. And when we pay and how much we pay is a matter of debate. If you were to ask me, I would say we're already paying, but uh, we can afford it. Yeah. You know, we in the West can afford it. Uh, but the price of food is going to go up, is going up. Uh, the rice bowls of Bangladesh and India are being uh, eroded and denuded by you know, the effects of climate change. And maybe in our lifetime, we're going to see some unpleasant effects 
for us, you know, slightly unpleasant. Not too unpleasant. Don't worry. Mm. We'll still be able to, you know, drink champagne and eat lobster. <laughs> right. <laughs> but okay, well, that's, in long that's term, cheering up. In yeah. long term, uh, I hope we do figure out how to remove carbon from the atmosphere because that's the only sensible way ahead. That and stopping making it. Mm. Yeah. Which we're not doing at the moment. Well, I guess, uh, you know, stopping making it would be a good idea. I don't know if we have any... Uh, we don't have any hard and fast ways of getting around that at the moment. We're still doing it. Uh, we don't have any better ways other than... For an industrial-sized uh, economy, anyway. We've only been doing it 100 years. Yeah. 100 years ago, the first distributed electricity came on tap from the Niagara Falls hydroelectric plant, the Edison plant. That was 1905-1910. We've only been doing this 100 years. Surely, collectively, we could step back for the benefit of future life on the planet. You know, do we really need to charge up our mobile phones and check our status on Snapchat that much that we've got to destroy the planet for it? Anthony? Well... I'd like to hear from you people at home what you think on this environmental issue. Is Deke right? Is he barking up the wrong tree? (laughs) And over to you for the weather report. Oh, well, the planet's fucked. It's getting worse, and it's your fault. Have a nice weekend.